Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted a ripping imprint of boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you are listening to the Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here 
on the Fringe FM. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, five nights a week. The Fringe.fm is the network website. Our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. The email to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's r-d-g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com. Social media, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. To be honest with you, I really do not even know where to start. I'm sure most of you know what tonight's show is going to be about. It's pretty much what every other show is about, regardless of its political nature or the lack thereof. This is not a political show for those of you who have never heard the secret teachings before. If you listen to the Fringe FM, you're probably going to get a little bit of everything. You're going to get a little bit of politics, a little bit of the paranormal, a little bit of religion, a little bit of archaeology, a little bit of the paranormal, alien, new age community, a lot of different things. This show is not a political show. I want to make that very clear from the introduction. This is not a political show. And I understand that there are political groups that will suggest, that will say, that will imply that if someone says they're not political, they're still taking a political stance, and it's usually the opposite of what their political belief system. I think it's an understatement to say that things are out of control, spiraling out of control. It seems as if the United States of America in particular is in its final phase, that the republic has completely collapsed, And although it's like a dam has broken and the water is pouring through, I think a lot of people feel as if the best way to prevent further flooding is to go try to grab all the water and pull it back across the dam and then rebuild the dam. I don't think that's how we solve the problem. I think we solve the problem by acknowledging and accepting that a lot of water has made it through the dam and that's just what has happened. What we need to do is now rebuild the dam in the sense that so many people that are going into cities, regardless if they're residents of the state or of the city, all the protests that you're seeing, the riots, you can call them whatever you want. Mainstream media can call them peaceful. They're obviously not peaceful, though there are many peaceful protesters that have had their protest, or at least it's a demonstration. It's not really a protest. They've had their demonstrations. They've demonstrated. They've demonstrated that they have solidarity. They've demonstrated that they want some form of perceived justice. But I think to a lot of people, justice is just a word. I think to a lot of people, demonstration is just a word. Protest is just a word. It's kind of like prayer. We pray to God something changes, but nothing's going to change unless you enact that change. And this is the dangerous road we go down because it seems as if, based on that idea, the only way something changes is if we go and change it for ourselves. And so you have lots and lots and lots and lots of people going out into the streets, going on social media, even when there's not a demonstration, a protest, a riot. I've been harassed on the street for being white, by the way, when this is this has never happened, although this is a terrible city I live in in Rochester, New York, it's never happened before. 
And this just happened yesterday. Some some black guy was yelling at me because I'm white. The spark that has ignited this flame, most of you probably understand is is artificial to a large degree, but that doesn't mean the entire thing is artificial. And so back to the dam analogy, rather than focusing on all the people that are clearly delusional and out of their minds and obsessed with politics, obsessed with Trump or obsessed with hating Trump, they love him, they hate him. I found that strange that so many of these protests were basically like anti-Trump protests and any violence was blamed on the president. I don't understand that. I'm not a presidential proponent. I don't support the president. I don't not support the president. I support myself. People mock me and make fun of me for that. I don't care. But I find it strange that just like the women's marches, most of them were anti-Trump. Just like the gun rallies with David Hogg, they were mostly anti-Trump. Regardless of what you think of Trump, Trump acts as a red herring as far as I'm concerned. The so-called system uses that bad orange man to cultivate an environment of hatred. Donald Trump is a real-life straw man. A real-life straw man. A straw man for some and a paper tiger for others. A lot of conservatives, a lot of people that support the president see him as this, this great, wonderful magician almost. Like a high priest. He's a god. He's a king. But really below all of the the facade, all the gold and the tan and, you know, all the glitz and glamour and the celebrity, Trump's nothing more than a paper tiger. And on the other side of this is the straw man where they've built Trump to be something that he's not in order to tear down an image of something that is not real. This is why I don't support nor do I oppose the president. Now, beyond that, you might think this is a political show. See, you're doing politics. No, I'm not doing politics. You have to listen to what I'm saying. This is not political. I'm going to take you some places tonight, thanks to a number of listeners who sent me some articles that have nothing at all to do with politics. They more have to do with the parapolitical. They have to do with the abnormal and the paranormal, the abnormal, the supernatural, if you will, the symbolic in the political arena, which is the world arena, the global arena, the social arena, the, the, the cultural arena, what we're witnessing. Again, going back to the dam analogy, water has already gotten through the broken dam. We cannot go get the water. We need to rebuild the dam. The dam could represent a lot of things in this analogy. To me, it represents, in the proper context and definition of the word, true, as unbiased as possible, education. I'm not talking about the education that politicians talk about. We need education, education, education. Like that criminal scum George Bush Sr. on television, what was back in the 90s, talking about, look, Dan, Dan Rather, Dan, we need more education. I I thought we came here to talk about education. We came in to talk about education, not that kind of education. We need true, unbiased 
unfiltered, raw, like your milk and your honey that you buy, raw education. Because the water that has gotten through the dam, in this analogy, is a horde and a mass of people from multiple generations that have literally been brainwashed in institutional settings, not all public school, not all private school, but in institutional settings, primarily at the university level, and they've been radicalized to believe something that is the equivalent of the straw man fallacy and the straw man argument. Psychological warfare techniques, and of course, for the average person, no matter where you are in the world, whether you are in the United States, if you're in Australia, if you're in the UK, if you're in Japan, if you're in Mexico, South America, it doesn't matter. The average person, I think we can all agree, the average person wants to do what is right. But they question whether or not what they do if it's right or if it's wrong. So they look to perceived moral authorities. And there's no bigger example, no better example, than the pseudo-moral relativists, the professor types that quote-unquote teach at major universities, that indoctrinate this flood of water blow up the dam, and allow the water to flow through. And the rest of us wonder why this is happening, how this is happening. We don't want to hurt people. And most of the people that have been indoctrinated and that are represented by this water flowing forth from a broken dam, most of them likewise think that they're doing something good. They think that they're doing the right thing. But so many of them have been indoctrinated have been brainwashed, have been manipulated, and convinced that words are not, in some cases, what the rest of the world believes those words as symbols, as letters, as energetic vibrations to represent and to mean. This is where we get the idea that only certain groups of people can be racist, or that only certain groups of people can be sexist. Only certain groups of people can discriminate against others, that some are inherently guilty and some are inherently victims. And this is the very foundation, the very core of discrimination. And it's incredibly oppressive to all the people that are supposedly victims. And it's incredibly oppressive to all the people that are supposedly the oppressors. Because what it does is it assumes because you look a certain way, you're an extremist. As a white person, you're an extremist and you hate black people. And even if you don't, unless you support our movement, what do they say? Silence is violence. And I can tell you, silence is not violence. I think we all can agree on that as well. Silence is not violence. Because regardless of what you think, you do not have to protest, demonstrate, riot, loot, etc. Regardless of what your view, your perception, your opinion is on the story 
that is creating some of the worst civil unrest in recent history here in the United States. And when you think about the way that people have been indoctrinated, you think about the nature of this indoctrination. Sure, it's certain people can't be racist, like, well, black people can't be racist, right? Black people can't be racist because they're inherently oppressed. And white people are always racist because they're inherently oppressors. This is, by definition, discrimination and prejudice. This, by definition, is racism. Because the real racists, the people that really, truly despise and hate and wish to separate and destroy certain groups of people, are some of the most vile, hateful, spiteful, disgusting creatures on planet Earth. In essence, these people, as far as I'm concerned, are not even human beings. I don't mean they're aliens, but they're not human beings. They're elitists who believe they are superior to others, and they use the goodwill, the virtue, and the morality of the average, everyday individual. Plus, they exploit the naivety of those wishing to obtain a quote-unquote higher education in order to spread hatred under the guise of equality and acceptance. Nothing could be more malicious. Nothing could be more evil. This is psychological warfare in the exploitation of virtuous people who want to do the right thing But since they're unsure, they're uncertain, they turn to moral authorities who seem like these wonderful, powerful people, professors at universities, talking heads on the television, and they tell them what to think. Oh, and sure, you'll get this from Republican hacks and Democratic hacks and, hell, you'll even get some Libertarian hacks. And politics is irrelevant when this point is approached. We shouldn't be talking about politics. And ultimately, this idea that silence is violence, how about we don't remain silent then? And how about we talk about what's really going on? Because for the most part, a lot of us have black, white, doesn't matter what you look like, who you are. You've probably been discriminated against at some point in your life, for something, you might not even even have been aware of it. I, I, I was just harassed by a black guy yesterday. I don't hate all black people now. And that's the thing. You might think, Ryan, that's really obvious. Clearly, we don't think that way. Clearly, we're not all like this. Clearly, we don't feel this way. But it's a statement that has to be made only to demonstrate the absurdity of such a statement in context with the perception that's being cultivated by media and by other sources, social media, mainstream alternative media, that one of a number of political, 
cultural, social, revolutionary things are occurring and they're happening when the average person just wants to go have a nice night out, meet with their friends. Maybe they want to go on a date. Maybe they want to take a walk down the road. And we don't discriminate against other people. I've lived all over the country. All I've ever seen, anecdotally speaking, from bus stops to being on a bus to walking in really bad neighborhoods, both black, white, green, yellow, purple, red, doesn't matter. All I've seen are black people helping white people, white people helping black people, old people helping young people, young people helping old people. The only time I see people that are aggressive and violent are people that are on drugs, people that clearly don't have a sense of awareness or consciousness, dead-eyed morons that come in a variety of colors and a variety of backgrounds, a variety of perceptions, and they're just thugs and punks. And, of course, these thugs and these punks, likewise, on the microcosmic level, exploit a situation like a protest or a demonstration in order to steal televisions or right down the road from the studio here, a bunch of these thugs, which is what they are, thugs. Ryan, you shouldn't say that. They were peaceful protesters. No, there were peaceful demonstrators at one point, and then rioters and looters took over. Things are not so simple. Things are much more complex, but when you see them for the complex thing that they are, it becomes more simple. It's like, oh, 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 that makes more sense. Of course not all the people were looting. That's idiotic. But right down the road from the studio, there was a uh, one of those rent-a-centers, and that was broken into here in Rochester, New York. If by some chance you want to look it up, it was Monroe Avenue, Rochester, New York, right down the street from the studio here. And uh, rent-a-center was smashed. There's a convenience store on the corner of, of a road very close to the studio here. It's across the street from a Starbucks for point of reference. All their windows were smashed in. There was another store. I think it's called Nick's, or I think it's called Nick's like uh, Food Stop or something like that. That was smashed. All the windows were smashed in. A lot of places now are boarded up because we had curfew here last night in Rochester. And you see that it's an excuse to break things. It's an excuse to steal things. I mean, these are really obvious things that I'm telling you. You already know this, right? You're very aware of this. You don't need me to sit here on radio tonight and tell you, although I received several dozen emails from people asking me, what do you think about all this? I I think pretty much the same thing that you do, because I'm pretty sure that most of us are in complete agreement that this is beyond out of control, that a large majority of it is is organic, but the strategic things that need to happen to create the inorganic rioting, the looting, etc., those things are artificially tweaked. You know that. I know that. The person sitting next to you or in the other room, the person down the road, most people know this. And unless we recognize as individuals and we do not have reservations about saying it out loud in public, talking to other people that this is not a problem of white and black, black and white, and it's not even a problem of rich and poor, poor and rich. It's a division and a separation artificially 
of those who are human and who believe in human sovereignty and liberty. People laugh about me. These weird liberal people, they're not real liberals, so I apologize if you're actually a liberal, but these weird liberals that have hijacked liberalism on Facebook laugh at me when I tell them I'm a free, sovereign human being. I like to reduce the poison from food and beverages and my environment. I like to clean my water. I like to read books. I like to learn. All the things that these people are supposedly all about, you know, the lifetime students and they want to live in a, in a commune and have clean food and water, but they mock others who don't agree with their ideologies. You know, those kinds of people who laugh at me when I say I'm a free, sovereign individual to the best of my ability. And I'm always attempting to better myself. I know a lot of you probably feel exactly the same way, or at least you listen to radio shows like this so that you can hear that it's not something to be afraid of, that other people are aware of what you're aware of. It's probably quite comforting to hear this, whether you're listening in the middle of the night, late night, or early morning, or afternoon, the live show, the rebroadcast, etc. I had to get those thoughts out in the open to start tonight. Because last week we had, I had a little vacation, a little break. A lot of stuff, of course, happened over the weekend. That's when all this started. Clearly organized for a, a, a Friday night into Saturday when the news cycle ends, before it restarts over the weekend. And I got a story to tell you about uh, where I was over the weekend. And then I want to go through some of these articles and talk a little bit more about this situation I mean, I could sit here and just read you news headlines, but that doesn't do any good. Most of you are watching the news. I don't even have cable. I was talking to a friend of mine, another radio host, Clyde Lewis. He called me last night. He said he was watching CNN. I tried to look up some stuff online. I haven't even I haven't watched the news. I don't think I've watched the news for a year or two years, maybe three, four, five years. I don't know. I don't know when the last time I sat down and just watched the news. I don't even know what's going on in the news. I don't even really pay a lot of attention to what's going on on social media. People just assume that I get information from like YouTube videos and social media. No, I just like read news articles. And then it's that critical thinking that we talk about a lot that regardless if it's rioting and looting and racial division or it's a health subject or it's the umbrella man. A lot of you know who the umbrella man is, the umbra the umbrella man, the mysterious umbrella man at the Minneapolis riot. We'll talk about what that means tonight, the umbrella. Or it's something like that. We can come to the same conclusion based on critical thinking. That's what's so important. And we need to stop focusing on all the water that has gone under the bridge, over the bridge, through the dam. And let's focus on stopping and preventing further flooding. A lot of people are just totally lost. They're not going to be saved in terms of being able to get them to recognize that screaming and violence and faux equality is not the answer to sometimes problems that don't even exist. They're created artificially to offer a solution. The real solution to problems, you could say, something as easy as this. The real solution is love. It's understanding, but most of us already know that. So we need to remember that because if we don't remember that, what's going to happen 
is that we turn to perceived moral authorities, and those moral authorities dictate to us what we should or shouldn't do, what we can or can't do. They tell us what's moral. They tell us what's virtuous. You know what's moral. You know what's virtuous. I'm not speaking to anybody who doesn't already understand this. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, www.thesecretteachings.info. You can subscribe to our archive. You get a free book with that subscription. My book, Food Philosophy, over 300 pages now. It's been redone, re-edited, rewritten. It's available on the website. I've got copies coming into studio very soon. Check it out at thesecretteachings.info. Email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. And stay with us. We've got a lot more right here on The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM coming up after break. Don't go anywhere. This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings or our website, thesecretteachings.info. If you're looking for something to do while you're quarantined or locked down at home, Check out www.thesecretteachings.info for our entire show archive. There you'll find every single broadcast after it airs, and you can download and stream every single one of those shows with great guests and timeless subjects. Right now, it's only $35 for a one-year subscription to the archive and a free copy of one of my books with free shipping in the United States. It supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and it supports you. You can also check out my three books independently, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Read reviews and see the books at www.thesecretteachings.info. Whether you subscribe, purchase a book, or you simply listen to the show five nights a week, it's a great way to stay informed and to be entertained. Again, that's www.thesecretteachings.info, thesecretteachings.info. Or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings and shoot us an email at rdgable at yahoo.com. Alex X. Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings t-shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our Occult Arcana shirt, the infamous Mothman, and of course the Blue Chicken Avian shirts, among others like the Paranormal Desert shirt. Check them out on TeePublic by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the Technological Elixir. 
black goo, transhumanism and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. out there. There's something out here. And so are we. KTOK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast, where we expose frauds, say the uncomfortable, and discover patterns. And you're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Understand the procedure now. Just stop a few of their machines and radios and telephones and lawnmowers. Throw them into darkness for a few hours and then sit back and watch the pattern. And this pattern is always the same? With few variations. They pick the most dangerous enemy they can find. And it's themselves. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. A lot of you know that last week I took a couple days off of the show to hang out with my son, Fox. We took a trip down to West Virginia. Got to see a friend of mine from high school. We went out and did a little bit of shooting in the woods. Posted that picture of uh, me and the rifle there on Facebook. Oh my God, he's a conservative right-wing gun-obsessed terrorist. No, I just realized that shooting is a sport and it's kind of fun and I don't really like guns otherwise, but, you know, I want to shoot a gun once in a while. Got a gun for protection. I mean, especially after what's been happening the last couple of nights, of course, with what's been happening, gun sales have gone through the roof once more. And, you know, I can't help but wonder... If it really is at this point, the majority of people, regardless of what their political affiliation is, etc., who realize how fabricated and staged this whole thing is. I'm not talking about protests are staged and nobody died and nothing was burned. See, that's this game of telephone and this, this ignorant inability 
to critically think. It's like it's staged. Oh, nothing happened. No, moron, stuff happened. It just means it wasn't entirely organic. Well, yeah, a lot of it was organic. Yeah, sure, it was. Like probably 90% of it was organic. But 90% of it being organic, that was the peaceful stuff. The 10% that's inorganic is the violent rioting, the looting, the aggression towards cops, etc. That is carried out by people who probably don't have much conscious awareness at all. Because if they did, they wouldn't be doing things like that. They're a bunch of thugs. It's funny because I know when I say that they're a bunch of thugs, I know what people think. Not because I'm arrogant. I just know how people think. You're saying black people are thugs. That's racist. No, actually, you're racist for assuming that. Because most of the people out committing these acts of violence from the pictures and the videos and the firsthand experience I saw were not black. They were white. Morons. And any black people out there doing the same thing were thugs alongside of the white people and the Hispanic people and any Asian people and any other person. When are we going to stop focusing on race? Stop focusing on what people look like. And then this, this idea comes up, well, then you just don't care about, you know, black culture and Asian culture. No. I am open to learning and to experiencing things. You know, we used to be able to joke about race. It was kind of funny. I'm not talking about racism and prejudice. We were able to joke about race. We were able to make jokes about things, laugh you know, half the things on the Chappelle show would never be allowed. Probably the whole Chappelle show would never be allowed on television if it was a new show today. Remember some of those those skits? I mean, like the the what was that? The um with Bill Burr, the racist or not the ra- it was like the racist uh, draft. So like each race drafted a certain person. Like the I think the blacks got Tiger Woods as soon as he, as soon as he got drafted, he lost all of his endorsements because he was now black officially. You know, it used to be kind of like something we can laugh about. But none of this, none of this stuff is new. None of this is, none of it's new news. It's just the same stale playbook over and over and over again. And it just so happens to come directly, I mean directly, on the coattails, in the footprints, of a nationwide, state-by-state, lockdown, quarantine, house arrest for a number of months now, some places longer than others. Some places two months, some places three months, some places more, all across the United States. And then suddenly, after people have been locked up inside for months, now we have the green light to go protest not demonstrate, but to go protest and not protest, to go riot and to go loot. Ryan, that's a small number of people. I get that. That's the point. It is a small number of people. And see, this is the point where even mainstream media says, yeah, it is just a small number of people, but they're not agent provocateurs. What they are, this is all over the media, they're white supremacists. 
And it's like, even to that point, I agree, they are white supremacists, but they're not the kind of white supremacists you think about when you think of white supremacists. They're the kind of white supremacists who think they are better than everybody else because they virtue signal that they love minorities so much. That's why like 90% of Antifa, the terrorist group of thugs and losers and wimps, I could, I mean, I'm not even a big guy. I'm like 6'1". You've seen me on Facebook and maybe met me in person. I'm pretty skinny. I'm toned, but I'm not, I'm not a fighter. I could probably take on like five or ten of these Antifa people because they don't even fight. They just run. They hit a window and they run away. They're scared of a trash can tipping over. They're just punks, thugs, losers, the Mal Brigade. That's all that they are. Black Lives Matter. How many people are in Black Lives Matter? Good, decent people that want justice. They want equality. Okay. You want justice and equality. Show me where today there is no justice and equality. You might say, well, Ryan, there are literally thousands of examples of inequality for black people. Okay, I agree with you. There's a tremendous amount of inequality for black people. But I can also tell you this. There's a tremendous amount of inequality for every group and every race of people. But they call that a conspiracy theory. That's not conspiracy. That's a fact. There's intra- I mean, I was actually harassed by a black guy yesterday walking down the street here in Rochester. Never happened before. Most of the time I walk outside, I see black people, white people, Asian people, small people, tall people. It's like a Dr. Seuss book. The only time I've ever had a conflict with somebody, it's usually a homeless person, somebody on drugs, and they come in a variety of shapes, a variety of sizes, a variety of colors, and a variety of genders. <laughs> at least here in in Rochester. So there are people that are violent and aggressive and racist, and they come from a variety of different places. Now, this is really obvious. This is something most of you, if not every single one of you, already know. You don't need to hear it from me again. But in the middle of all this, I was thinking, because I, I had gone down to West Virginia, like I mentioned at the beginning of this segment, I go down to West Virginia with my son, so that's why I'm off uh, radio last week for a couple of days. And by the way, I really appreciate the support. I, I don't get any negative emails when I'm taking a couple of days off from radio to do other stuff. <laughs> I know other radio hosts, they get pummeled, they get hammered. You're selling out, where'd you go? You know, I'm not pulling a Heather weight. I just took a couple of days off to hang out with my son. And, uh, I saw my friend from high school. We got to go down and shoot his gun. West Virginia is beautiful. And uh, we were in Morgantown, Morgantown, West Virginia, there at WVU. And pretty much everything there was already open. You know, no, no one was really wearing a mask. I even went to get my hair cut. I had to literally go to another state to get my hair cut because New York is that big of a shithole. It's that big of, of a, a totalitarian, authoritarian state. I had to go to another state five and a half hours away to get my hair cut. It's unbelievable. But I go down, I get my hair cut, and the woman had asked me when I come in to get my hair cut, she said, do you have a mask? And I said, no, I've got a reason I'm not wearing it, but I don't legally have to tell you. And so I start to go down that road because I'm defensive. And then she's like, no, it's okay. And she starts talking to me, cutting my hair. And she's like, well, I feel comfortable wearing a mask in general, cutting people's hair all the time because people are always breathing in my face, and I don't like that. And I said, yeah, I get it. And she said, I mean, there are a lot of other reasons we get sick. So we start having this conversation, 
And we're talking about, you know, the mining industry and the fracking. There's a lot of fracking in Pennsylvania. I'm not sure how much in West Virginia, but all the chemicals and the poisons, all this stuff in the food and water. I'm like, that's that's primarily what make people what makes people sick. That's what people should be concerned about. And she agreed with me. She's like, yeah, you're right. That's what makes us sick. And she says, I, I don't wear this mask unless I'm unless I'm cutting hair. And, uh, you know, so we're having this conversation and I leave uh, the, 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 the haircutting place. This was like last I don't know, this was like a, a little under a, a week ago today. So it was like last maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. And uh, I go around the rest of the town, and there's hardly anybody's wearing a mask. It's completely open. You know, almost every business is open. And it's just like just like normal. You know, and then we come back across the border into Pennsylvania, and it's like a whole other world. It's an authoritarian police state again. You know, propaganda posters, propaganda signs, everything about masks to COVID to coughing to, you know, just even in grocery stores. You know, they have got the signs at at Wegmans, I think it's Wegmans, you know, that say something to the effect of, "We, we can't wait to see your smiling face again when the masks come off. And it's like, it's a joke. It's fun, you know. So anyway, my, my point is, I go down to West Virginia, I had, I had a pretty good time, and I come back up and we're driving to Erie, Pennsylvania. We get into Erie, Pennsylvania at about like 4.30, 4, 4.30. Had some food, brought it upstairs, Airbnb. Wasn't really a great Airbnb. It's a hit or miss. It's like it's gambling, basically. Uh, I don't like Airbnb, Airbnb myself, but go to the Airbnb, got some food, and it's like, I sit down to watch King of the Hill, and it's like 6 o'clock. Got through like an episode or so. And my son's running around playing with things. We finally got him to bed. And uh, then we hear we hear some noise, some talking, some loud sounds outside. So I go over to the window and I saw some people walking down the street. I'm like right on the corner, almost on the street. I'm like one street over from the city hall there in Erie, Pennsylvania. It's a very, very small little, little town. And uh, I hear some noise. I see some people with signs and I thought, oh, is there like a protest here tonight? I hadn't been keeping up with anything because I was trying to take a vacation, but apparently, you know, you can't, I can't do that because things fall apart. I just, I'm not paying attention to anything. And then suddenly there's like massive civil unrest. So I, I see these people with signs. And then as they're walking down the street, it's like this whole thing that transpired over the next five hours. I'm to the window, I'm sitting down, I'm looking at news and within a matter of maybe three hours of me getting to the Airbnb, it went from a nice, peaceful, cool evening to gunshots, fireworks, tear gas, people driving down the street screaming, F the police, I'm going to kill you, screaming at police officers that were parked on the corner of where my Airbnb was. And then if you look up this story, um, they only had one report of it. Uh, a man was shot in... Uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. I saw that man get shot. Literally, I'm going to bed. It's like midnight, and I see lights flash by my window, so I was about to lay down. I run back out to the living room, and it's the sheriff's SUV, the sheriff's SUV, and a bunch of other cars, unmarked and some marked police cars. They stop this guy. The sheriff gets out, draws his gun, points at the guy, get out of the car, get out of the car, get out of the car, screaming at him. The guy gets out, and it was really hard to see what happened. But it looks like the guy either had a gun or he tried to run and the cop shot him in the leg and then they held him down 
And uh, then you had some other people come and they uh, t- to the scene, and then the cops dispersed. And then, I mean, it was explosion, tear gas, explosion, gunshots, people screaming. And just for the most part, you know, the people that were downtown were just like, were just there. It's like, well, we're supposed to be here, right? What's going on? And then a bunch of other people who are ignorant, who are thugs, who are naive, who are who are just outright retarded, who are dumb, who are brainwashed, who are manipulated. They come down and they 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 broke windows of government buildings and it sounded like some stuff exploded. It didn't, it didn't even sound like a flashbang. Some of those explosions in Erie were so loud it sounded like bombs going off, like a pipe bomb had exploded or like a car had blown up. It was it was really bad. So this went on from like 6 p.m. roughly to one o'clock in the morning. I went to bed. Lights were still flashing outside. But the next next couple of hours by morning. I think we left at like 9-something, 9, 9.30 in the morning, maybe even earlier than that. Everything was clear, cleaned up, cleared up, and it was all back to normal. Um, and I saw that, you know, Erie, Pennsylvania that night had been, it had been declared uh, under a state of emergency. And in the midst of all that, I was looking at Rochester, which I was, I was coming back to on Sunday. This was Saturday night. And I see it, it looks like, it, it looks like, uh, you know, a, a, a scenes from the movie The Purge. And Rochester, apparently, here where we are in studio, this is one of like the worst hit cities other than Portland. And, I mean, obviously, the, the, the central location of where these riots started. But uh, Rochester is one of the worst. But then you, you read about it and you start to look into the details of it. And it comes out the next day. It came out Sunday that a lot of the protesters weren't even from Rochester. And including, I mean, there are other cities that are saying this, too, that these are professional protesters and they've been bussed in, shipped in somehow. They've come into the city. They're from out of state. They've driven here just to protest. But a lot of the people that are protesting are not getting arrested. It's the people that are rioting and looting getting arrested. And the people that are rioting and looting that are getting arrested are the people from out of state and the people from other places. The people that are standing there peacefully with signs are not getting arrested. The people that are vandalizing property, that are stealing things, that are threatening others, that are attempting to assault cops or assaulting cops, those are the people getting arrested. Hundreds, if not thousands, of them reportedly around the country. A large majority of them, perhaps almost all, but a large majority of them, according to reports, are people from out of state. Now, here in Rochester, the Rochester police chief Laron Singletary said, quote, what happened today was sparked by anarchists. So we go under a curfew. Saturday night, I wasn't here, I was in Erie. A curfew last night, and there were a lot of discussions about a curfew tonight. A lot of the windows are boarded up here on Monroe Street, right down the road from the studio, big main artery of, of Rochester. But I thought it was really interesting because law enforcement officials from the area, including the Rochester police chief, not only did they say that these were just anarchists, but that these were, quote, professional protesters. The ones, you know, particularly responsible for Saturday's protest. And uh, they said what uh, the, the police chief. Speaking for the police department said. What you saw here today was chaos, pure chaos, not a protest. What happened today was sparked by anarchists, end quote. These were professional protesters, quote-unquote, professional protesters. And you've got professional protesters in Rochester, 
Even the mayor, who has now rescinded these statements, by the way, the mayor of St. Paul, Minnesota, Melvin Carter, said, quote, Because we had a relative stillness in St. Paul, we didn't make an enormous number of arrests, but every single person we arrested last night, I'm told, was from out of state. What we are seeing right now is a group of people who are not from here. That's what he said at a press conference. That was on the 30th of May. Now they're saying that all that information was inaccurate. They're not from out of town. You just pay attention to like the psychological programming and, and, and the trauma-based mind control. The trauma is really the manipulating key factor that controls the narrative. The trauma, trauma, trauma. Massive lockdowns, lockdowns start to end, then we have riots, people are pent up, people are expressing their frustration, they want justice, they want equality, but see the problem once again is because people are not educated, I mean legitimately educated, it's not complicated, just educated. They're not taught to critically think, they're not taught to reason, they're not taught to use their brain or logic, they're taught to use emotion and animal tactics, aggression, violence. And the ones who are not taught to do that think that holding up a sign has you know, some kind of power to, to change things. It's like praying, God, please change this in my life. Please get me this job. Does it work? No, prayer doesn't work in the sense that God grants it as if it's a meal ticket at a diner. You have to create it. You have to believe it. You have to do it. It's not just handed to you. In the sense that it's cosmic, yeah, it's God. But it's not like, hey, God, I'd like a number three, and you pull around to the, the drive-through window. And so the people holding signs, they think that they're doing something to change the way that things are, but equality and black, black and white violence and all this, but they're, they're not really doing anything as far as I'm concerned. And the people that are, you know, violently protesting, not demonstrating, but violently protesting, rioting, looting, these people are not doing anything either. They're actually making the situation worse. There's a better solution to to all of this. We'll talk about that as the show goes on tonight. Apparently, it's not just Rochester and St. Paul, Minnesota, but a number of cities all across the United States where we have outside agitators coming in to do the vandalism, coming in to do the so-called protest, the demonstration. It's not a demonstration. Most of these are not demonstrations. And in the midst of this, you had an interesting story from Forbes magazine. Who is Umbrella Man? Mystery vandal at Minneapolis riot spurs conspiracies. The identity of this man, who is referred to as Umbrella Man, was captured on a video using a hammer to smash windows of a Minneapolis auto zone during the protests last Wednesday. These videos have circulated online, sparking claims he's an undercover police officer directed to stir up trouble. Of course, local departments denied that. Now, I've heard reports that this man is a police officer. I've likewise heard reports that he's not a police officer. The funny thing is, whether he's a police officer or not, whether he's, he's white and decked out in an all-black outfit with a gas mask and a hoodie, in, let's call them, para 
political terms. What's more important is the black umbrella that this man carried and what the black umbrella represents. The black umbrella, which represents a shadow, a shady shadow region. And the relationship between the umbra, the umbrella, and the rain man, and chaos, and destruction, and the Antichrist, and all of these archetypes and symbols. Who is the Umbrella Man? We'll talk a little bit about that tonight here on The Secret Teachings as well. There's a lot more to come. Don't go anywhere. I'm Ryan Gable, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, rdgable at yahoo.com www.thesecretteachings.info My food book is available for purchase in digital form or soft cover. It's just been updated and greatly expanded. There's a lot of incredible information in that book. It's on the website. You can grab a copy today. It supports the show. Or get a free copy when you subscribe to the archive. Just go to the website, donate $35. You can get a copy of Food Philosophy or Occult Arcana or the Technological Elixir which has several pages on the umbrella and the rain man and a section on UFOs and demonic packs in the entertainment industry at the end of the book. Lots of information in there. We cover a lot here on The Secret Teachings. Again, this is not a political show. We're looking at things through the lens of critical thinking and attempting to understand the procedures by which this system operates so that we understand the blueprint, the maze, we can navigate through it and not be consumed by the Minotaur at the center. Again, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this. Don't go anywhere. listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. If you're looking for something to do while you're quarantined or locked down at home, check out www.thesecretteachings.info for our entire show archive. There you'll find every single broadcast after it airs, and you can download and stream every single one of those shows with great guests and timeless subjects. Right now it's only $35 for a one-year subscription to the archive and a free copy of one of my books with free shipping in the United States. It supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and it supports you. You can also check out my three books independently, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Read reviews and see the books at www.thesecretteachings.info. Whether you subscribe, purchase a book, or you simply listen to the show five nights a week, it's a great way to stay informed and to be entertained. Again, that's www.thesecretteachings.info thesecretteachings.info or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings and shoot us an email 
at rdgable at yahoo.com. This is Dave Cruz, host of Beyond the Strange, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings t-shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our Occult Arcana shirt, the infamous Mothman, and of course the Blue Chicken Avian shirts, among others like the Paranormal Desert shirt. Check them out on TeePublic by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, mythology to alchemy, check out Ryan Gable's book, Occult Arcana, with hundreds of beautiful images. If you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs and demonic packs made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. And if you want a practical look at food, lifestyle, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and order yours today. It supports The Secret Teachings, you, and The Fringe FM. We've heard your feedback loud and clear. You called it out, and now we're answering. All new live programming, five nights a week. Always remember, The Fringe FM is for you, the listener. And we appreciate your feedback. Keep the feedback coming. You can email us at talkback at thefringe.fm. Call the station at 501-777-5631 or send us a message on Facebook at The Fringe FM. This is Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast, where we expose frauds, say the uncomfortable, and discover patterns. And you're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. Where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. A reminder that the future is not some distant glimmer, but a bright light shining in your eyes. This is the future we are in right now. Where our phones are the first things that we touch when we wake up, the last thing we touch before falling asleep. Radiant. Seductive screens we so lovingly, endlessly gaze upon. Much like you're doing right now. Welcome to a future where our true reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. Welcome. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. Hey, this is Charlie Robinson, the Octopus of Global Control author, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This is David Icke from davidicke.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception, 
and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here on The Fringe FM, Monday through Friday, the same time each night. Our website, www.thesecretteachings.info, where you can find our full show archive and my books to support the network, the show, and yourself. A couple of weeks ago, before I went on my trip last week with my son to West Virginia and parts of Pennsylvania, I did a show where we talked about a situation here in Rochester, New York, where we're located, where the studio is, where I live. And we were talking about how I had a conflict at a part-time job at a grocery store, little organic grocery store. It's a great place, really. But I had a conflict because of the quote-unquote mandatory request that was optional but required to wear a mask. And I talked quite a bit about the legal ramifications, the health ramifications. Now even the World Health Organization has come out again and said that if you are not sick, you should not be wearing a mask. The Journal of the American Medical Association also, I just saw this, says that face masks should be used only by individuals who have symptoms of respiratory infections such as coughing, sneezing, or in some cases fever. Face masks should also be worn by healthcare workers, by individuals who are taking care of or are in close contact with people who have respiratory infections or otherwise as directed by a doctor. Face masks should not be worn by healthy individuals to protect themselves from requiring respiratory infection because there is no evidence to suggest that face masks worn by healthy individuals are effective in preventing people from becoming ill. That's what the Journal of the American Medical Association says. And despite that, even the CDC says they're just, you know, again, they're recommended. And even the executive orders in places like New York, they're not enforced. But people have this idea that it's a law. And I have to follow the law. Even if the law is not a law, I have to follow it. But I bring this up because this whole thing at my job started when a woman who's a shareholder at the store saw me without a mask. And she eyed me down. You know, she gave me that look. Like I'm attempting to murder somebody. And I, I read this Facebook post that this lady made in a local Rochester community group. And as well, it was shared on the page of the store that I work at. And everybody got very, very nervous because it was bad publicity. But it was the woman, the shareholder, that was creating the conflict, of course. It wasn't the average person. Most people who commented on this post And I have a point where I'm going with this story, so stay with me. It relates to what's happening today. Most of the comments were in support of this individual, me, not named, but this individual who works at the store, not wearing a mask. And the post that was put up on Facebook by this this shareholder, this, this woman, was that she assumed, because I'm a guy, that I'm a manager, And so she was upset that a manager wasn't wearing a mask. I read this on the show two weeks ago. 
And she said that she goes up front in the store to ask one of the cashiers, someone at customer service, why this person, me, is not wearing a mask. And this cashier did not know. She didn't even answer the woman. And so the woman made the assumption and said, well, I can only assume, her word, I can only assume he is a jerk. I'm a jerk. (laughs) I thought that was funny. I'm a jerk. I'm trying to get people sick and that I have power over this woman who works in another department, not even remotely connected to mine. Because I'm a man, I'm a manager, I'm a jerk, and I'm oppressing a woman because she didn't know why I was not wearing a mask. Now, that is not a stunning, not a profound, that is just a pretty standard example of pure, raw sexism. Because sexism is discrimination and prejudice. And it could go either way. Prejudice. That you must be a manager because you're a man. You must be misogynist because that woman doesn't understand why you're not wearing a mask. Nobody came up and talked to me about it. Nobody went to a manager. They just went to some random person, a woman. She felt solidarity, I guess, with this woman. And said, why is he not wearing a mask? And the woman said, I don't know. Barely answered it at all. Maybe she didn't answer it. Maybe she didn't say anything to her. And uh, makes me a sexist, right? Makes me a misogynist. See, this is the problem. If you really want to talk about race and you really want to talk about sex, I've done probably three shows in the last year about sexism. One of those shows was called Fighting the Woe Man, W-O-M-A-N. And just by the title of that alone, there were critiques on Facebook. I'm not going to listen to a show by a misogynist who wants to attack women, but they didn't listen to the show So they didn't understand what the show was about. The show was just about why some of the heads of defense contractors now are women and how that somehow is a great thing. And I just talked on the show about why is it that if a woman oversees a company that develops weapons of mass destruction, it's okay. But if a guy does it, it's still okay, but he's a misogynist because he's a guy. And if he's white, it's even worse. I just talked about that. We're not fighting the man. If women are in charge, we're fighting the woman. But people can't even take a clever show title for what it is, a clever show title. They panic because it's politically incorrect. Why would you fight the woman? And then it's like if you you go and you listen to a couple of other shows I've done about this, I did one on pornography and I did one on uh, just sexism in general uh, called Battle of the Sexists. Because a lot of people that want sexual equality are outright sexists. And they've hijacked what feminism used to be. Just like these rioters and looters have hijacked and have piggybacked on mostly peaceful demonstrations, which they have every right to do. Not that it really gets anywhere. And whether it's, you know, down with the Federal Reserve or we want justice for Trayvon. This doesn't get anywhere except on the news and it makes people some money and it brings attention to the area. And, you know, that's that's about it. Nothing ever changes because the change doesn't come institutionally. The change comes on an individual level. The change comes on a community level. You want to do the right thing. Treat other people kindly. Help other people. The only time you don't treat people kindly and help other people in my opinion, is when other people are trying to use you, other people are trying to hurt you, rob you, 
You know, pretty basic standard things, just like with a gun. I don't like guns. I saw you on Facebook, Ryan. You had a rifle. I did. It was fun to shoot it. Do I carry the rifle down the street with me? No, I don't need to. But I do recognize that other people have guns, and other people might want what I have, and I don't want to give it to them, so I'm, I'm going to probably have a gun, especially in a shithole city like Rochester, New York. So I just, I'm thinking, why is it so hard to understand what these words mean? And then it's like, you, you get you, this revelation comes. It's like, oh, it's because the words have been redefined. Because war, a state of war, is actually peace. You want war. And we're thinking, well, we don't want war. And they tell us, well, if you don't want war, then you're, you're for you know, violence. And you're for death. It's like, no, I don't want war. I don't want the violence. I don't want the death. I don't want the murder. I don't want this stuff. But they've redefined it. So war is actually peace. And they say, we want peace. Bang, bang. We want peace race rights. We want peace. But if they keep saying we want peace, your brain doesn't know what to do because your brain hears peace, but you see with your eyes violence. And it's likewise confusing when someone says, I want true peace. I don't want war. And they act in that way. They don't act militant. They don't act aggressive and hateful and spiteful and malicious, but then others who want that to occur call you a racist, a sexist, a bigot. They try to provoke you into the aggression because they're psychotic. And so when you really think about it, think about race and sex for just a moment. If you look in the United States of America and you look in the United Kingdom, it's very standard that domestic violence, these are not my numbers, my statistics, my studies. This is the uniform crime reports in the United States, state level to the federal level, that domestic violence is a 50-50 split right down the middle. In the UK, it's a 50-50 split right down the middle. But we can't say that because that's sexist. Oh, you're trying to say that men suffer like women do. No, men suffer differently than women. Men also commit different kinds of acts of violence than women. And, and vice versa. Because you're two different sexes. So you're going to suffer differently in a sense. And you're going to commit different acts of violence. You know, but you're still committing an act of violence, domestic violence, whatever. It's 50-50 down the middle. That's the point. And when you think about racial division and you think like, well, I don't think a black police officer would, would ever, ever hurt anybody because they're black. And a white police officer always hurts someone because they're white. And the same goes for people who are not police officers who are black and white. And so you see a white police officer with his knee on the neck of this guy, Floyd. And I can't breathe. 
which I find kind of interesting in relationship to the COVID lockdown ending with the riots, people come out of their homes, and the masks. I can't breathe in the mask. I can't breathe. But by the way, I looked it up. I'll be honest. I went to a porn website and I looked it up. George Floyd, I'm pretty sure, was also a porn actor, if you can call it acting. But that's that's something, if you'd like to look it up, if you want more information on that, you know, search at your own risk. <laughs> but porn actor, and there's reports that the police officer was also a, a, a porn actor as well. I mean, I looked it up. Uh, it's not deep fake or anything. It looks looks like George Floyd. But anyway, point is, this white guy kneels on a black guy, and, and that sparks hatred and distrust and, and the authorities, uh, police officers, and white people. And I just think, like, how asinine is it to just assume that because a white police officer did something, not only are all white people responsible, but all police officers are responsible. You know, in, in some places, like here in Rochester, you know how many cops are black? You know how many, I, I, don't, I don't know how many white cops I've seen. Most of the cops I see driving around that come into the grocery store I work at, almost all of them are black. I mean, hell, most of the, most of the government here in Rochester is black. The, the mayor's black. And it's like, well, we need more black. We need more blacks, more blacks, more black. Why are you obsessed with race? Why don't we base, base accomplishments, you know, on, on merit? Who deserves it, not based on race? This is something you all understand again. But the point is, you think about statistics and data. And i give you an example. In 2019, 51% of mass shooters killing four people or more 51% were black. Only 29% were white. Now, you might not recall, you know, a majority of these 51% shooters in the news because most of the 51% of mass shooters in 2019 who were black, those were gang-related shootings. Gang-relating mass shootings. And they don't factor in the gang violence. And when you factor in gang violence, black crime and black-on-white crime, and black-on-black crime skyrockets. But see, they keep that one statistic conveniently out of the equation because it reshapes the equation and the argument and the discussion, just like with climate change. Just remove the medieval warm period so the graphs and the charts that you manipulate and make up, they all align with what you want them to align with. Now, that's not to say, oh, no, Black people are responsible for all the crime. We should arrest them and lock them up. No. Who, who thinks that? You have to be an absolute retard to think that. Yeah, this show is not politically correct. I'm not a Marxist. I'm not trying to restructure society and turn it over to some Politburo. I am trying to examine and explain to you in a really, really unbiased way, as unbiased a way as possible, the way that I personally see this from what I've done here on The Secret Teachings over the years and, and from what people send me and from my own research. And when I just I pull up the statistics, 
black people make up a, a much smaller percentage of the United States population, and yet the Department of Justi- Justice shows that between the 1980s and 2008, 52% of homicides were committed by blacks. 45% of homicides were committed by whites. The remaining percentage were committed by other groups of people. But that might seem like, well, you know, that's not too many more, you know, uh, shootings or stabbings or homicides, but it's a lot more when they only make up a small percentage of the population. It's like when someone says totally neutrally, isn't that funny? Like Jews only make up 2% of the U.S. population, and yet they control a disproportionately large amount of law and media and medicine and politics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 2%, you know? And for a small portion of the U.S. population in relationship to the black population of this country, an unbelievably uh, unbelievably disproportionate number of homicides occur from the black community. That's not because black people are coming into the suburbs and killing white people. It's because the highest rates of murder are committed by other blacks. The highest rates of homicides are committed by other blacks. Just like whites kill more whites, blacks kill more blacks. I mean, these are DOJ statistics, FBI statistics, FBI statistics show that in 2013, for example, black criminals carried out 38% of murders compared to 31% for whites. Again, despite the fact that blacks make up a much smaller portion of the population. Now, these are just statistical facts. And when you start to look at these numbers, just like with sexism, just like with the domestic violence, it's like men and women are abused at an equal rate. It's like black people kill way more black people, white people kill way well, more white people. Okay, let, let's just get over this. We're done with that now because it's really irrelevant. What we need to realize is that this isn't a battle between whites and blacks and gays and straight people and trans people and regular people. and It's not a battle between them. It's a battle between not even rich and poor, haves and have-nots. It's a battle between the status quo. It's a battle between certain groups that wish to overthrow, and the, the riots are a wonderful example in a microcosm of what foreign entities and traitors in the United States have done to this country. They have created an incredible amount of division. They have blamed it on straw men that they've created. They themselves act as paper tigers, and they do so because, well, they're paper tigers. If we saw them for what they really are, it would be easy to overcome these so-called beasts and tigers. They're paper. We can blow them over. We can burn the paper. It's not a threat at all. These are foreign adversaries, people that have infiltrated government, people that have infiltrated our country in the United States and other countries because they've taken advantage of the nature of our open society, and they've exploited our virtuous nature to a large degree. Now, these these are my opinions, but statistics are not my opinions. It shows you that statistics are weaponized, and that race and sex are weaponized. Why would you want to weaponize race and sex? Because you want to create division, and you do it with racism, you do it with sexism, you do it by gender, and you do it by race. You even do it by religion. You do it by anything, anything that can be used to divide people. Why? Well, 
because the United States of America is like one big shop downtown, and the riot started, and people are looting it. Except this is not really a great analogy in terms of the microcosm of what's happening because the United States has been looted for decades and decades and decades and sold out and sold off. And so anybody who says, look, I'm an American or I'm a citizen of whatever country or I'm a sovereign individual, I'm a human being and I see all people as the same. I don't see people differently. Well, you don't see people's race. What are you, racists? Like, no, I just don't focus on that. They're just, they're just other people. They're, they're, I treat women with respect, black people. with. Why do I even have to lower myself to, to make that claim? You should know people by their actions, by their character, not the color of their skin, right? It demonstrates and it shows you that the real racists and the real sexists are the ones that are just, they're wearing the T-shirts and they got the signs and they want justice, justice, justice. You have justice. And let me share a little bit of information with you if you haven't thought of this. If you really think that you're living in some authoritarian police state run by a dictator named President Donald Trump, his title and name, you're delusional and you know nothing about the world. If you lived in an authoritarian police state with a dictator named Donald Trump, these protesters out here on the street, these law enforcement officers, the governors, None of them would have a say in what went on. It would be federal policing, and the federal police would go out into the streets, and anybody, any person, whether peaceful or otherwise, who was demonstrating when they're not allowed to, would have their skull crushed in the street. They would be shot in the chest, shot in the head, and it would be buried and covered up. That's what you'd have in an authoritarian, totalitarian police state. Now, that's not to say we don't have a growing police state. The people that think we live in a dictatorship, if you live in a dictatorship, the fact that you uttered that would mean that you just requested a bullet in your head or a lifetime in prison and torture. You think they can do this in places like China? You think they could do this kind of crap in the Soviet Union? But you, you're allowed to go protest. You're allowed to go demonstrate. I mean, hell, it's so free and open, you can go loot and riot and face virtually no consequences for it. And until there are some consequences for these actions, people are going to continue to do the same thing because they've never had to face the repercussions of their actions. And that means that you and me, I don't need to give you some grand speech about rights and duties, but it is our duty. Not to go out with a sign or to go out with a t-shirt and try to invoke a response. It's our duty every day to treat people kindly. And it's our duty and our right to defend ourselves when others don't treat us kindly, to put it mildly. Anything beyond that, that, that very simple ideology, anything beyond that has been exploited and used for psychological warfare to spark civil war, civil unrest, and to dismantle the current established system in all aspects. Because if you tear it down, well, 
there'll be room to rebuild. This, ladies and gentlemen, if you read 1940s, early 1950s Chinese history, and there are many, many others, but if you read 1940s, 1950s Chinese history, you will see identical movements, identical groups, identical slogans in some cases, identical ideologies. This is a revolution. And you can blame it on Antifa, you can blame it on Black Lives Matter, blame it on George Soros. I'm personally getting tired of hearing about George Soros. Yeah, the guy's done a lot of stuff. He's overthrown countries, but he's not behind every single protest. I bet a lot of money's been put into it. But rather than saying it's George Soros, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, these groups, Antifa now a terrorist organization, some people say they don't exist. These groups are responsible, but these are not the sole responsible parties. And rather than focusing on trying to stop that, we need to turn our attention to ourselves and to others in our community. And we need to just live the way that we want to see things changed. And it's not hippy-dippy, it's not new age, it's just really, really simple. Just like eating healthy, really simple, really cheap. Saves you a lot of time, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. Health, relative, eating healthy, relative, I get it. Everything we discuss tonight, this is non-political. But some people are so obsessed with politics, they do not know how to have a conversation without political bias. I can't imagine how many times tonight someone's thought, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, he's a Trump supporter, he's a gun nut, all these things. It's like, you really want to fry someone's brain, just tell them, I don't really like guns, but I'll shoot one and I'll own one. Well, if you don't like guns, why would you have one? Because, you know, I'd like to defend myself. But you don't like guns. No, I hate guns. Then why do you have one? You just, you know, you can't, you can't have that conversation. I don't hate the president, but I don't really like him. Well, if you don't like him... You know, you, 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 what do you mean you don't, you, you don't like him either, but you do like him, but you don't, I, I don't get it. You know, it's like I used to wear that Hillary for prison shirt. People would say, well, you know, Bush did bad things. I'd say, yeah, put him in jail with her. And then it's just like a look on their face, like, and they just malfunction. Because people are programmed and binary. The rest of us are operating at a different frequency, a different level, a different kind of code. We're operating on the quantum level. We don't have time for these zeros and ones left, right, on, off. We're beyond that. We've transcended that. You've ascended that. It doesn't take you to another planet, another dimension. It's a state of consciousness and awareness. And that's what this show is all about. Stay with us. There'll be more after break right here on The Secret Teachings. I'm going to tell you about the Umbrella Man and what the Umbrella represents. When we come back from break here, the Umbrella Man starting some of the protests, starting some of the riots, to be more specific, in Minneapolis. Story from Forbes magazine. We'll talk about that after break. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us more after this. You are 
listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. To contact Ryan, email rdgable at yahoo.com. If you're looking for something to do while you're quarantined or locked down at home, check out www.thesecretteachings.info for our entire show archive. There you'll find every single broadcast after it airs, and you can download and stream every single one of those shows with great guests and timeless subjects. Right now, it's only $35 for a one-year subscription to the archive and a free copy of one of my books with free shipping in the United States. It supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and it supports you. You can also check out my three books independently, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Read reviews and see the books at www.thesecretteachings.info. Whether you subscribe, purchase a book, or you simply listen to the show five nights a week, it's a great way to stay informed and to be entertained. Again, that's www.thesecretteachings.info, thesecretteachings.info, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings, and shoot us an email at rdgable.com at yahoo.com Hi, Jeremy Scott here from Into the Paranormal, and I'm back live Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Fringe FM. This is Reverend John M. Polk from johnpolkmedia.com and you are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Hey guys, it's Giorgio Tsoukalos from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This is the Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here on the Fringe FM, five nights a week, Monday through Friday. You can check out the Fringe.fm website, thefringe.fm, and email us at rdgable, rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash the Secret Teachings, and the website www.thesecretteachings.info. Tonight, the hate you manufacture under my umbrella. Now, although you may have listened to tonight's broadcast and you've heard us do a number of segments tonight, each segment is a little bit different, but it moves us in the direction towards an understanding from the very bare-bones minimum the superficial nature, superficial information, to the other end of the spectrum, which includes things that are not so superficial. They're more supernatural. They're more archetypical and symbolic. Now, if any of you have ever 
read my book, The Technological Elixir. It's on the website for sale, softcover and PDF. I put a tremendous amount of effort into this book. It's about 400 or so pages. And yes, it's about technology and artificial intelligence, but it goes beyond that, and it takes you into the entertainment industry, and it takes you through a number of artists, older and newer, who it seems by their music and by their performances and by the lyrics, not just the music as the, the instrumentals, but the, the lyrics, that they have made some form of pact, some form of deal with the devil. That is not just a deal with the industry. That's like making a deal with the devil or being in a really bad marriage contractually obligated to this industry, but that they have actually sold some part of themselves to some otherworldly entity. Now, you could refer to this entity in a number of ways. Coronazone, for example, or you could refer to this entity as the devil, Satan. I wouldn't say Lucifer, but the devil or Satan. And if you think about these different characters, the devil, Satan, Lucifer, the devil is really just a personification of evil. And if you think about Satan, Satan is more of an adversary. Not an evil character, but an adversary. Just an adversary. Your adversary, if you play sports, is the other team. You know, or maybe if you play golf, it's the other golfers. I don't know if you'd call them adversaries, but it's your opponent, someone who is adversarial, who is opposed to, who creates friction, and you likewise are their adversary. And then Lucifer is, of course, the the falling star. And if you think about Venus, the light of Venus, the star of Lucifer, the morning star, the blazing star, Reflecting to earth, being cast to earth by God, Jehovah, the moon. Jehovah's a moon god. The light of Lucifer, the light of Venus, cast by reflection from the moon, from Jehovah, to the earth. So the light descends. The light falls. The light comes down from above. If you look at the music industry, you will find a number of very, very famous, some not so famous, but a number of very, very famous songs and celebrities that sing about something or someone, probably more something, called the Rain Man. And no, I don't mean... Rain Man as in the movie. We're talking about another kind of Rain Man. If you've ever seen Rihanna's music video for the song Umbrella, she's portrayed inside of a triangle covered in a silvery substance. Now, rather than, again, if you've listened to this show before, or if you know what black goo is, rather than this substance being a black goo, it's a gray goo that is very similar to the gray goo that envelops Neo's body in the Matrix. This is how he enters into the real world, through the mirror, like Alice in Wonderland, 
similar to how Eminem speaks to his demon in the mirror. And so you think of silver. Silver represents the material sphere because heaven is gold and golden streets. Silver is a a level below that. Silver has been used for for centuries to represent the, the material world or the inferior world. Because the world of the cosmic egg has routinely been separated into two different spheres, a silver sphere and a golden sphere. And you might be thinking, what does this have to do with George Floyd? I turned, tuned in and I wanted to hear about this protest stuff. Well, we've already talked about that, but this is directly related. Because if you listen to songs by Rihanna, Lady Gaga, you listen to songs by Jay-Z, by Bob Dylan, by Lil Wayne, Avril Lavigne, Taylor Swift. I mean, the list goes on and on. I don't include a lot of older rock bands because a lot of them were like, pseudo-satanic, you know, even, you know, a large Black Sabbath is like pseudo-satanic, it's gimmicky. But even though these, some of these artists are gimmicky, they're not really supposed to be like satanic gimmicks. It's, it's supposed to be something else. So when you look at a song like Rihanna's Umbrella with Jay-Z, they, they chant Umbrella, Ella, 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 Umbra, 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 Ella, Ella, Ella. The Umbra. Think about this. They chant this Ella, Ella, Ella in the song Umbrella. This is just one song. It's just an example. There's a lot of others. But they're talking about the Umbrella. And in the song, Jay-Z is the Rain Man. That's what he calls himself. The Rain Man. Okay, well, let's just kind of break this down real quick in relationship to this agent provocateur called the Umbrella Man at a riot in Minneapolis, who supposedly, with a hammer smashing a window of a Minneapolis auto zone, began the the violent aspects of the rioting there in Minneapolis. Just like light falls, rain also falls. Rain is moisture. It's condensed from the atmosphere, and it falls in separate drops, Visible to our eyes, a large or overwhelming quantity of things that fall or descend is also a form of rain. Hence, you make it rain in a club. You can make it rain if you threw a bunch of sand or rocks in the air. You're making it rain. Something is coming down. Rain is not just moisture condensed into droplets. It's also just something that falls from above. So in that sense, the rays of the sun are always raining down on us. And we say that God, God's Son, Jesus, reigns over us because he is the prince of this world. Not the prince of darkness, but the prince of light. And the light reigns over us. The sun has reigns over the earth. It rains down light, warmth, information, knowledge, wisdom, etc. It rains down on us. Light is a very positive thing, but there are things that are known as false light. Now, when we go out in the rain, we use an umbrella because we don't want to get wet, right? Some people might melt if they get wet. So an umbrella, it's a device consisting of a circular canopy of cloth on a folding metal frame supported by a central rod used as protection against rain or sometimes sun. It's a symbol of protection 
And it's also a symbol of influence. By definition, these are definitions of the words rain and umbrella. So if rain is defined as a thing that falls or descends, it could be droplets of water, it could be money, it could be sand, it could be light. And an umbrella is something used as protection against this following, uh, falling thing, or it's used as, as an influence for or against, you could argue, this falling thing. One could assume that the rain man spoken about in the entertainment industry, vastly, widely spoken about, in the entertainment industry. I mean, Kanye West to Jay-Z both refer to themselves as the Rain Man. Eminem refers to himself as the Rain Man. I mean, the, I think I, in my book, The Technological Elixir, I, I don't know how many examples I had, maybe like 15 or 20 really solid examples of this. It's just strange that from different genres of music, they're all referring to themselves as the same thing. It's, that's strange to me. So if you think about the Rain Man... The Rain Man could be an actual man, an adult human male, which we're told are bad, they don't exist anymore. While separately, we should look at the word umbrella, because the word umbrella is broken in half, and it means a female-given name. That's the origin of the word umbrella refers to a female-given name. And it just so happens to accompany the Rain Man and influence the rain, because that's what an umbrella does. It's protective, and it's an influencer. So if we take the word umbrella and trace its source, we find umbra, U-M-B-R-A, which is defined as a fully shaded inner region of a shadow cast by an opaque object, or it's simply a shadow, it's darkness. And a black umbrella would be even more symbolic of this. Now, we can recall the shadow monster from Stranger Things. We can recall shadow people. We can recall hat men, men in black, shadowy mists. We can recall one of the personalities of Eminem, Slim Shady. Slim, slender man, the shadow region, shady. Slim Shady refers to the shade and he who is slim, i.e. slender. Eminem, therefore, typifies the slender man, slim, shady. None of this stuff is new, just different manifestations. So if we apply the definition of umbra to the other segment of the word ella, which means a female-given name, umbrella thus becomes, by definition, where the word comes from, umbra and ella, it, it literally means a female-given name to a shadow or darkness. That's the actual origin of the word umbrella. A female name given to darkness. Some might refer to that as Lilith, the deceiver. So if the umbrella refers to a female shadow, perhaps this is the companion of the rain man, or perhaps it is a form of protection for the rain man. Perhaps it's an influence Perhaps it draws down, like witches draw down the moon. They're not evil, but you draw down something from the heavens. The umbrella is an influencer. It's a female shadow, and it accompanies the rain man. The umbrella man, in this case, 
Who is the Umbrella Man? Mystery vandal at Minneapolis riot spurs conspiracies. The Umbrella Man captured on video. He was using a hammer to smash windows of a Minneapolis auto zone during the protests last Wednesday. This was reported May 30th, 2020. Forbes magazine. They give you some key facts. They say the white man, got to make sure you know he's white, decked out in an all-black outfit, including a gas mask and hoodie, stood out from protesters on the scene. He had a black umbrella. Minneapolis officials suggest that growing numbers of people, including possible white supremacists on the streets showing destructive behavior, are not members of the community and are coming to the city from out of state. That's what our police chief, that's what law enforcement here in Rochester, New York, say as well, that these are professional protesters. That's a quote from the police department here in the city of Rochester, New York. Obviously, the St. Paul, Minnesota mayor, Melvin Carter, said, and he's a Democrat, said the exact same thing, although he's recanted on that. Now, it's interesting because in 1963, when JFK was assassinated in Dallas, there's a famous some of you might remember the famous story of a, of a man holding an umbrella near Daly Plaza, and he became the subject of a conspiracy or conspiracy theories because some speculated he acted as a lookout and that his umbrella was a, was a signal to start the shooting or that it contained some kind of weapon. This was the, the speculation at the time, the conspiracy theory, as they call it. Well, now we have someone who may or may not be a police officer essentially signaling the start of the rioting initially in Minneapolis, all black, carrying a black umbrella. Now, the umbrella itself already represents shade and darkness, and it refers to a woman, Ella, 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 Ella. You think it's any coincidence in the Stranger Things show why the main girl who goes into the shadow world is named L or Eleven? L, Evan, L. Why one character who pulls people to the monster in the third season is named Billy, like Billy Eilish, or Alish, Enuma Alish, on high, Billy on high. We've talked about this many times on the show. If you take this into consideration, you have the umbrella, the woman, the shade, you have the rain man, you have these archetypes, which, if you were to read my book, The Technological Elixir, or go back and listen, I'm not trying to sell you a book, really. I mean, I, I'm proud of my book, and I, and I want you to buy it, but I'm not trying to sell you a book here. I'm being sincere. Like, you can go back and listen to a number of shows that are totally free in the free archive about this subject, about black goo and umbrellas and rain. But we go into incredible detail in two hours about all of this stuff. You know, when we do our entertainment shows, I mean, it's in the book, but it's just there's a lot of free shows. If you want to go listen to one of the shows and you get a better understanding of what all this is about, it's referring to the invocation of something. It's referring to the summoning of something. And it doesn't have to be one thing. I mean, this is the major protest in Minneapolis that started last week. A guy with all black and a black umbrella essentially starts the protest. So he lights a match and starts a war. I believe that's, maybe that's the exact quote, maybe that's a paraphrase from that movie Captive State. Light a match, start a war. 
He lights the match. He is like the conspiracy back in 1963. It really wasn't a conspiracy. It was just like a theory more than anything that a man in the, the, uh, the, the, the Daily Plaza area who had an umbrella was actually a lookout who was signaling the starting of the shooting. And then you have this guy in Minneapolis who it seems to maybe have been the same exact, played the exact same part, been in the same position to start the rioting. And then you look at what the black ultimately represents in relation to the umbrella, the shadow world, the slimy black goo. You could mention AI, but just for the archetype and the nature of this, the shadow world is the upside down where everything is backwards. So racists are the good people, and the good people are racists. And sexists are good people, and the good people are sexists. Where demonstrators are overshadowed by rioters. And where, as the demonstrators are overshadowed by rioters and exploiters and looters and criminals and thugs of all kinds of colors and creeds and nationalities and coming from all over the country and perhaps all over the world. We don't know where every single person came from. Take a lot of research to dig that up. But when you put all this together, you see that there are people that exploit on all sides of every spectrum you can think of to say, well, it was this group, it was that group, it was that person, that person, that race. We're so concerned with identifying. It was Soros. It was the blacks. It was the whites. It was the Jews. It was this, 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 and this. It was that, 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 and that. I got those two words stuck in my head because my son can say those words now. He's always like, this, this, that, that, this, this. I was looking out the window at the cop cars. I just thought if I, he was sleeping, but I thought if I brought him over here to see the cop cars, all this carnage and gunshots you know, all he would do is so innocently look out the window and just point at the red lights, because red is one of his favorite colors, and just go, this, this. And even the cop cars, like two blocks away, he would just reach and think he could touch it. You know, the innocence of that is so beautiful. And it's the innocence and the simplicity of that that all of us need to recognize that we don't have to go find that innocence. We don't have to go find that perspective. We don't have to go find Something. It, we already have it. And others are working to overturn it. They're working to turn this world into the shadow world. Remember in Stranger Things where the shadow world started to come into our world and kill things? The vines underground, the tunnel systems. That is what this is all about. White, black, Christian, Muslim, Jew, trans, I don't care if you have two penises. I don't care if you have four boobs. I don't care if you have one eye. All of those people and the numerous other ones that we could never name, it's already this simple to recognize with critical thinking what's really, truly going on. And it's really that simple to recognize the, the, the archetypes of the umbrella man and what this represents. I mean, oh, it's a silly story. It doesn't really mean anything. Well, sure, but it, it also means a lot because it shows you that the same thing happened in 1963. There's a guy with an umbrella at Daily Plaza, and 
He was suspected of being someone who was signaling the, the, the attack, the, the killing of the president. And now you have an umbrella that basically, umbrella man that starts the riot in Minneapolis, riots in Minneapolis. And the umbrella is the shadow world. And all of this, this rioting, this looting, this political nonsense, all of this is about turning the world upside down. What did the Joker say? The pale-faced white demon. What did the trickster say? What did the Joker say in Batman? Look at what I did to this city with a couple of bullets and a few cans of gasoline. And the people that are the water that have already escaped the dam, and a lot of us are thinking, well, we can go after them. We can save these people. We can make them aware. You're not going to make them aware. What we need to do is we start, we start educating ourselves and we start educating the next generation. Too many people are already lost. Don't focus on them. The mass majority of us know what's going on. You just have to have the courage to stand up and say, this is what I know is right. Or even if it's an opinion, this is my opinion, but I don't expect you to believe it. Because our goodwill, our moral, our virtue has been hijacked and it's been weaponized and it's been turned against us as people in the United States and around the world. And what does the Joker say? I'm like a dog chasing cars. I wouldn't know what to do with one if I caught it. I just do things. I just do things. I'm an agent of chaos. I just do things. Those lines from the trickster, from the pale-faced demon, from the Antichrist, from the shadow world, the upside-down world, epitomize all the rioting, all the protests, all the stuff going on around us. Because the people that are not demonstrating peacefully, although I don't think it does it, does it doesn't make any difference. But they have a right to do it and they should. But all the other people that are vandals and looters and criminals and thugs of all kinds of colors and backgrounds and nationalities and wherever they might be from, those people wouldn't know what to do with the car if they caught it. And for that matter, the protesters, the demonstrators, wouldn't know what to do with the car if they caught it either. Why are you protesting? What's the ultimate goal? What are you going to accomplish? Do you really care about George Floyd or do you really want to pretend like you're a part of something big because you have nothing else going on in your life? Oh, by the way, Michael Baden is doing the autopsy. He also did the autopsy on Kennedy, Michael Brown, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, all that stuff. Uh, You know, all these people, though, you know, again, they're just, they wouldn't know what to do with the car if they caught it. They just do things. I think we should stop just doing things. Stop holding up signs and praying to God, expecting God to fulfill your prayer like it's an order at a restaurant. Pray to God, hold up a sign, but you make the difference and you do it by living that so-called change that you want to see. That's how things really change. At least that's my view. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Tonight, the hate you manufacture under my umbrella, Ella, 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 A, 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 A. You can check out my book, The Technological Elixir, my updated book, Food Philosophy, and my massive occult book, Occult Arcana, on the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. Every single book is available in a digital form as well. It's free shipping in the United States. It supports us, you, and the Fringe FM. 
You can also subscribe to our archive at www.thesecretteachings.info, and that also supports you, the show, and the network. Stay safe, stay informed, and I mean stay really safe and stay really informed. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Thank you.